Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hey, friends, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And we want to make sure that you know about all the other exciting ways to get more exclusive content from The Bill Press Show. We're on Patreon. Did you know that? On Patreon. So to go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash BP show to get videos that nobody else gets. All we ask is five bucks a month and you get access to daily commentary. And every week we put up a special interview just for our Patreon subscribers. Hey, it's a great way to support progressive media and get your hands on some fun, new, exclusive content. Thanks so much for supporting the show by going to patreon.com slash BP show. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is the Bill Press Show live at youtube.com slash the Bill Press Show. Woohoo! It's a party. Hey, what do you say, folks? Here we go. The big day, Friday, May 31st. Wrapping up the Daily uh, Bill Press show uh, with a uh, lot of our good friends in, including uh, all of you. Still a little bit of news to talk about, but still a lot of memories to share as well. As we come to you live from our studio on Capitol Hill, the other, by by the end of the show, the crews are going to be in here dismantling the studio. You'll probably hear, you know, that that, that wrecking ball against the uh, against the outer walls here. I just, uh, uh, yeah, I hope they'll wait until we get out of here before they knock the whole thing down. We're right? just trying to keep the keep every the construction crews at bay just for another two hours. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, hold them off; they're ready to go. Yeah. So, uh, but. Uh, Come on by, stop by if you're in the area. Uh, you know, we have uh, bagels, we have champagne, we have orange juice. So we got mimosas and bagels and cream cheese. And, uh, and again, a uh, little bit of news to talk about. And uh, a lot of good friends stopping by. Uh, and it is so good to see you as we join you, all of our good friends all across this great country of ours, on the radio and television and online as well, coast to coast. And salute, uh, salute all of you. And thank you for being with us. And uh, we'll just see you next week on the new platform, uh, the Bill Press Pod. So, you know, no big deal. Uh, but today is a big deal. We got lots of tough. Your favorite memories of the Bill Press Show. We'll tell you a few of ours as well uh, with Peter Ogburn, who's been here since day one. So yes, if sir. anybody knows the secret, <laughs> he does. And, it's all going to fall and apart Cyprian today. here for, you know. Six years? Six years. Six years. Six years, yeah. There you go. Oh, where, where the hell were you for the first eight years? I don't know. All right. So we will jump right into it. As always, send us your comments on Twitter, at BP Show, at BP Show. But first. This is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. Okay, so you know we always do these stories, and we'll do it one last time. The National Spelling Bee happened yesterday. Uh, and it's, we have. It's getting so ridiculous, the we, words. We have a winner. 
In fact, we have a couple of winners. Really? No. In fact, a tie. There are eight winners. No. This has never, ever, ever happened before. But what happened was they started the spelling bee early in the day yesterday, and at midnight last night, there were still eight people going. And so one of the kids, they asked one of them a word, and he said, uh, before I uh, spell the word, do you know what time it is? And it was 11.30. And so they just kept going. In fact, there were eight uh, co-champions. They're co-champions. There were eight competitors who had spelled 47 words correctly in a row. And these are really hard oh, words. Oh, they are. Yeah. So, like, there's not, I always, we always like to play the winning word. There, there right. wasn't a winning word. They were all, they just kept winning. They just kept winning. And so, finally, they said all eight of these kids uh, will win. And they win $50,000 each and a new custom-designed trophy because Scripps could not come up with enough words to stump them. Well, uh, and by the way, this story is brought to you by the champion speller of South Carolina. That's right. That's Back right. in uh, 1921. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget the word that I went out on. It was two words, actually. It was a double elimination. I went out on Duchess. I spelled it with a T. Really? There's no T in there. No. Yeah. no. And I misspelled shellac. C-H-E-L-L-A-C? That is correct. Does it have a K correct. on the end? It does not have a K on the end, which is what I did. Okay, yeah. But I, I will never forget how to spell those words again. Huh, yeah. right. Yeah. One other quick story. Uh, last night, game one of the NBA Finals, the Golden State Warriors, the heavily favorite, heavily favored basketball team against the Toronto Raptors. They lost last night. 118 to 109, the Toronto Raptors in their very first NBA Finals in their franchise history. Laid it on to the Golden State Warriors in game one. So we are underway. Oh, we boy. Underway. Yeah. Raptors taking game one, yes, huh? indeed. This is the Bill Press Show. Donald Trump says the courts will never allow impeachment to happen. Maybe somebody ought to tell him the courts have nothing to do with impeachment. It's a vote of the United States Congress. The House to impeach, the Senate to convict. Welcome, Mr. President, to Civics 101. Hey, what do you say, everybody? Hello, hello, hello. And yes, it is a special day here. Friday, May 31st, uh, this is the day we've been building up to for the last three months. Uh, the end of an era, the end of the Daily uh, Bill Press Show, coming out to you live coast to coast from our studio here in Capitol Hill. Uh, but we are going to enjoy the next and final two hours together, you bet. Uh, and as you may notice here, uh, both Peter Ogburn and I have dressed for the occasion uh, appropriate dress for the occasion. <laughs> uh, we decided that we would each wear our favorite outfit yeah. uh, for today, right? So exactly. Uh, I, you know, whenever I just want to relax at home and just chill, I'm surprised I, you just came over in your pajamas. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just wear black tie, and of course, when Peter wants to just chill and hang out at home, uh, he wears a tank top, right? So that's it. There we go. That's it. <laughs> We're both in our elements today, Bill. One last time. <laughs> you, you you could uh you could you could have a little 
sporty black tie there too would go along with that. I could put that. like a, one of those Chippendales ties, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah, I should do that. Yeah. I should do that. Too late now, dude. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, uh, it's good to have you with us as always as we join you online on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. As we join you on the radio on WCPT, Chicago, 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 we love you. And statewide in Indiana on Indiana Talks. And then on television, on Free Speech TV, coast to coast. So uh, let's say today's show is going to be uh, a little bit different, right? Just a little uh, bit. A little bit different. First of all, um, it's going to be uh, totally unstructured, unorganized, except maybe for this little first part here. Uh, but... Um, then we're going to have, first of all, stop by. We're going to have bagels and mimosas. I mean, of course, right? Duh. Duh, exactly. Uh, and then lots of guests. Peter, um, some of our favorite favorite friends. By the way, the last couple of weeks, if you've seen, we've had a lot of our favorites in. People that we love, you love, we, and you wanted to see them again. They wanted to come by again and say hello. Uh, and today, just uh, anybody who couldn't get in the last few weeks is all crowding in today, right? Look, get so, high and stop on by. Our door is open. <laughs> We'd love to have you. <laughs> yeah. This will be like 420 all day long. Exactly. Uh, how, many, how many people are we stopping by? It's just, I, I don't know. I, we, I, we lost track. We're at like a baker's dozen now. And who knows what's going to happen today. I, I know that I, there are some people who said they were going to try and call in who couldn't be here. There are some people who said they were going to try and stop by on their way to work. I, I have no idea right. how many people we're actually going to get. Yeah. So y'all just buckle up. Yeah. And one of our good friends we know for sure is going to stop by a little bit later. Uh, and he made history here on the Bill Press Show, and that's uh, Senator Tom Daschle, former Senate Majority Leader, uh, will be coming by. And uh, he'll tell you about when he made history uh, on the uh, on the Bill Press Show. Um, we don't want to give it away, but it had something to do with uh, – <clears throat> a man by the name of Barack Obama back in 2007. Uh, there is, um, uh, uh, and I, I know you tune in every day because you want to know what the latest in the news is. So we won't let you down uh, this first time around. We do, we do want to tell you, uh, bring a little update just on the news of the day on a couple of issues. Donald Trump made a lot of news yesterday uh, uh, on the South Lawn of the White House before he took off for the Air Force Academy. Uh, but Remember, we've talked about, so here are a couple of items. Um, one, the census. Uh, the question on the census, of course, that they've added, the Trump administration has added, are you or not, are you a citizen of the United States? That question has never been on the census. Uh, Wilbur Ross, the Commerce Secretary, uh, put it on there. Uh, and it has been challenged in the courts, but the Trump administration says it has, uh, it's just important to get that kind of information uh, many people have pointed out, no, that's not what the census is all about. Uh, the census is just to get a count of how many people are in each city, each state, each county, uh, because many, many federal, that's what the census is for. That's what it says in the Constitution uh, every 10 years, a count of people who live there. And uh, many, many federal programs depend on the allocation of money by the count. And so if you have an undercount, then a lot of cities and counties are going to be undercut and underfunded. Uh, they have those services to provide, uh, the roads to keep up, whatever, the sewers to keep up, uh, whether those people are citizens or not. And the Trump administration denied that this had anything to do uh, with politics. Nothing to do with it. Just, just, this is the way it had to be. Uh, well, <clears throat> Cat out of the bag yesterday, 
the ACLU discovered a memo uh, that they've got a copy of it. Uh, they've taken it to they're taking it to the courts. A copy of a memo written by a consultant to Wilbur Ross, who said way back a couple of years ago, "Hey, here's a way to help Republicans draw district lines the next time around. Here's that way to hurt Democrats by drawing district lines that are favorable to Republicans." Let's undercut and undercount the people who might become citizens and vote Democratic by putting us in the citizenship question on the census. It was all about politics, all about gerrymandering, all about redistricting, all about helping Republicans and hurting Democrats. And the ACLU has taken that into the courts and asking the courts to overturn the census question, which is very important because that issue is on its way to the Supreme Court. And i got to tell you, I think when that memo lands in the Supreme Court— uh, I know a few justices who will raise holy hell about it, starting with Justice Sonia Sotomayor. Number one issue. Number two, how about it? New Hampshire, congratulations. New Hampshire yesterday became the 21st state to abolish, ban the death penalty. Right? Good for New Hampshire. Uh, 21 <laughs> with 29 to go, but uh, that's uh, great to see New Hampshire step up as they have in so many uh, other ways as well. Uh, On the White House front, uh, Donald Trump announced yesterday, hey, the tariffs with China aren't bad enough. Uh, Let's have some tariffs on Mexico. Uh, So he announced that he wanted to slap 25%, up to 25% tariffs on uh, products coming in from Mexico, including, of course, a lot of parts that American manufacturers depend on. Uh, The market reacted by crashing yesterday, which it does every time Donald Trump announces tariffs. Uh, Overall, uh, these tariffs on China, on Mexico, other announced tariffs on steel, on European countries, on Canada, uh, are all combining to really slow this economy down. Um, And uh, Donald Trump, let's hope, will pay the price in 2020. Now, back to uh, Donald Trump on the uh, South Lawn yesterday. Boy, I got to tell you, (laughs) what a mess. What a mess on several different fronts. First, Remember, we mentioned yesterday about when the president went to Japan. He was going to go out and visit some of the uh, American troops on the aircraft carrier, the USS Wasp. Uh, The White House aides were, uh, it was reported by the Wall Street Journal, uh, that the White House aides were afraid that John Donald Trump might look across to a neighboring ship there and see the USS John S. McCain named for former Senator John McCain, who'd passed away, of course, 10 months ago. Uh, And so the White House went to the Navy and said, we got to do something about this. And now we know. And the White House at first denied that this story was true. Yesterday, we found out it was all true. What did they do? They did not. They invited all the other sailors from all the other ships onto the aircraft carrier to see the president, not the crew of the John S. McCain. And they made, for a day, they put a tarp up over the name of the John S. McCain so that Trump could never see it, and then they decided that was not good enough, and they moved, they ordered them to move the ship out of sight so that Trump could never see it. Now, I'm willing to admit that probably Donald Trump himself never knew this was going on, but the fact that the White House staff did it says a lot about how petty Donald Trump is. And they knew that if he just saw the name John McCain, 
he would go into a tailspin and he would have a little snit fit, right? Uh, so they did this. McKinney, it is the way that you treat like a child. Yes. You know, like yes. if they have their whoopee and you got to go somewhere where they can't have it, the last thing you let them do is see it. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So if yeah. he had seen, they knew that if they'd seen mm-hmm. that name on Memorial <laughs> Day, he would have stood up there and talked again about how. He likes troops that don't get captured or whatever, you know. Yeah. So uh, John McCain, uh, I mean, so th- that that happened anyhow. Donald Trump yesterday, he was asked about it on the South Lawn, uh, and it would be enough to say I didn't know anything about it. No, he doesn't. He has to use the occasion to once again go out and try to smear the reputation of a man whom I knew well and whom I do consider a great American patriot. Yeah, I don't know what happened. I wasn't involved. I would not have done that. I was very angry with John McCain because he killed health care. I was not a big fan of John McCain in any way, shape, or form. I think John McCain had a lot to getting President Bush, a lot to do with it, to go into the Middle East, which was a catastrophe. To me, John McCain, I wasn't a fan, but I would never do a thing like that. Now, somebody did it because they thought I didn't like him. Okay, and they were well-meaning. I yeah. will say. Okay. So he I defends the people it. who did this. Yeah, defends people who did that. They were well-meaning. No, they were stupid, and they were as petty as he was. But by the way, there he is again. He cannot. He cannot let go of attacking John McCain. And you wonder why? I think Meghan McCain, John McCain's daughter, on the View yesterday, nailed it. It's impossible to go through the grief process when my father, who's been dead 10 months, is constantly in the news cycle mm-hmm. because the president is so obsessed with the fact that he's never going to be a great man like he was. That says it all. He knows he will never, never be able to walk in John McCain's shoes. Uh, final note on that. It makes you wonder again, how can Lindsey Graham, who is John McCain's best friend, Travel with him all over the world. How could Lindsey Graham hear Donald Trump smearing over and over again his best friend and then Lindsey Graham turn around and kiss Donald Trump's ass, which he does twice a day, three times a day, and then plays golf with him on the weekends? Just can't understand it. Uh, Donald Trump also sort of uh, slipped up yesterday talking out of both sides of his mouth about Russia in light of the Robert Mueller statement from the other day. Uh, the first thing Donald Trump did was he tweeted out um, that he had nothing to do with Russia helping him get elected. Now, notice that statement. Before, he's always denied Russia did anything at all to interfere in the election. Yesterday, he said Russia that he had nothing to do with Russia helping him get elected. Now, he's admitting with that statement that Russia did interfere in the election, and they did so to help him get elected. Uh, Somebody must have said, uh, hey, Mr. President, um, you're sort of uh, slipping here. You're getting off message. So when he came out to the South Lawn, uh, Donald Trump um, did say no about Russia. He denies, um, he he denies, Peter, if we can, uh, that Russia helped him uh, at all. <laughs> the I don't know what's happening. Stop the playing. machine broke down yeah, on the, the last, last day. day. It broke. Come All on. Right, hang on. I'll figure this out. All right. Okay. We'll get it. And uh, technical glitches here. You know what happens. 
even on the best of shows and even on ours. <laughs> uh, all of that sound that we had captured this morning. Uh, at any rate, um, tick, 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 tick. Yeah, all right. Yeah, so let's go into that. We'll come back to that. Uh, the other thing that, of course, uh, Donald Trump did, he went out after Robert Mueller. Uh, can't, couldn't resist the occasion again to slam Robert Mueller, uh, calling him a never-Trumper, a person who never liked Donald Trump, and that he had a horrific conflict of interest because he said Robert Mueller wanted to be FBI director. He did not make him FBI director, uh, and therefore Robert Mueller, the reason behind this whole investigation, this is a whole new Donald Trump theory that doesn't make any sense. How are we doing? I, I fixed it. I just had to reboot it really quick. All right, we fixed I, it. I, I don't want to ruin anything, but you talked before about the Russian interference and how okay. Donald Trump got elected. Here's that clip. You know who got me elected? You know who got me elected? I got me elected. Russia didn't help me at all. Russia didn't help. Earlier again, he said, I had nothing to do with Russia's efforts to help me get elected. Now he's saying Russia. Which is it, Mr. President? Get your story straight. Uh, back on the Mueller thing, as I said, couldn't resist the, uh, the, uh, the opportunity. Remember, right after uh, he came out, uh, after Mueller's statement, he said something like, uh, you know, he's, he's issued his report, he made his statement, the case is closed, boom, boom. No, he has to come back and uh, try to tear down special counsel Robert Mueller, which he did yesterday. Robert Mueller should have never been chosen because he wanted the FBI job and he didn't get it, and the next day he was picked as special counsel. Liar, 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 liar. Like he had a tweet yesterday that also said Robert Mueller came into his office begging for the FBI spot. And yeah. I said no. Do you believe that for a second? No, for a second. Comey was FBI director, and and Trump kept him FBI director until he fired him. There's no evidence at all, never. And by, by the way, this is, again, is why one would hope that Robert Mueller would finally have enough and just stand up and say, okay, you bastard, right? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to come out and tell the truth. The hell with being polite. The hell with being the reserved attorney that I am, the cautious attorney, very careful attorney. If he's going to treat me that way, I'm just going to come out and tell the truth. I wish he would. And I hope the Democrats give him an opportunity to do so. And, you know, on just on that point, I hope the Democrats don't give up on getting Robert Mueller to testify. If Mueller does nothing more than sit in front of that committee and read from his report, so that the American people hear in his words what he said in that report, because they'll never read it themselves. Bingo. Democrats will score. Uh, and finally, uh, the president did talk about impeachment yesterday, uh, saying a couple of things that were uh, really, really kind of funny in a sense. One, there's never going to be any impeachment, he says, because... I don't see how they can, because they're possibly allowed, although I can't imagine... The court's allowing it. I can't imagine the court's allowing it. Yes. Uh, somebody tell the president, the courts don't decide this. This is one case where very, very clear in the Constitution. Impeachment is a vote of a majority of the members of the House of Representatives, followed by a mandatory vote to convict or not in the United States Senate, which requires a two-thirds vote. So uh, the courts have nothing to do with it, Mr. President. You are in the hands of Democrats in the House of Representatives. But as far as impeachment goes, what does he think about impeachment? It's a dirty, filthy, disgusting <laughs> word, and it had nothing to do with me. So I don't think so. 
He really does have a way with words. A dirty, filthy, disgusting word. Yeah, nothing to do with me. I think it has a lot to do with him because he is dirty, filthy, and disgusting. Amen. Right there, you go. <laughs> At any rate, off to the uh, and then off to the Air Force Academy, uh, John McCain. So, Peter, what do you think? Man, I, you know, my alarm went off this morning, and the first thought I had was, well, this is the last time I have to get up this early for a while. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's yeah. the same thought same I had. Thought you had? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, there. I, I, I have loved doing this job for 14 years. It's been I've a wonderful, wonderful job. Loved having you here. All right. that being said, you could have done this a little bit later in the day, Bill. <laughs> you mean this show? The show. Now you got to get the first slice of the apple. That's, you know? No, I agree with that. There's something about you know it is crazy because morning drive, I I do think is the best time in radio, and I've done it. Uh, I did a little bit of it in in L.A., but really started when I came here to Washington at station you and I both worked on once WMAL. Yeah, a once great station. A once great station before we left. <laughs> um, but I did morning drive there from five to nine. Four hours, starting at five, which yeah. meant I had to get there at four, yep. which meant I had to get up at three. Brutal. Right? Brutal, yeah. Yeah. So that was really tough. And by the way, at that time, I was doing Buchanan Impress with Pat Buchanan from two to four in the afternoon. I remember you telling me that the first yeah. time that we were chatting. <laughs> and I just thought to myself, because I had just started working Morning Drive uh, when you and I first started working together. I'd only been doing it for about a two years or so. I'd always done in San Antonio. In San Antonio. And I'd always done afternoon drive, and you told me that you did the the, the early early morning, the five a.m. start of the show, which, as you mentioned, means you get means you're getting up at. I mean, you're not getting up early; you're getting up in the middle of the night. Three a.m. is not early; it's the middle of the night. Absolutely, yes, right. And uh, when you were doing the afternoon stuff, that's brutal. Right, that's no, the brutal. two. I got a little nap in between, but not much. Anyhow, uh, and so that, but so I point out. That five to nine, and then here we started six yeah, to nine a.m. East Coast time, yeah. and then a couple of years ago we went to seven to nine. Right? Best thing you ever did. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, I've been doing morning drive all that time. I'm not a morning person. I like to sleep. I like to sleep in. See, I am a morning person, but like morning person to me means like I get up at like five thirty and get going and all that type of stuff. With this, you know, it's it's not. You don't get up at five thirty. You get up much earlier than that, right? But um, so the, the we, we just mentioned the two of us came from the same worked previously on the same station here, yeah. Washington. Then you went off to San Antonio. That's right. And then we recruited you. You came back, and then we kicked off here. Let's 14 give a lot, years ago. Let's give a lot of credit to Andy Parks. Andy Parks our brought old us together. Coworker that brought us together. Right. No, I asked Andy if uh, he. I said I'm going to start a new show. Need a producer. Um, do you have any do you have anybody over there you think might might you know be an idea somebody ought to and talk after to? You tried his first five ideas that he gave you. You landed on me. And he said, "Well, there's this one guy who was fired by." Uh, I wasn't fired. Oh, I wasn't fired. fired. I just oh. I had a very contentious relationship with a guy that we both had a contentious relationship. Right. With. He well, hated me. Well, that, I guess that's what he told me. Yeah. And. That is the guy that fired me. Yeah. So I said, anybody that he doesn't like, I like. <laughs> I'm <laughs> or, glad to know that those were the qualifications. <laughs> that, that was all. Man, you, passed, you passed the test. That's all Excellent. we needed. Uh, favorite moments of the show? Oh, man. That's There's so many. such a tough question. 
<clears throat> there have been so many. I, I will say, I will never, ever, ever forget when we broadcast, because we've done uh, many conventions together. I'll never forget the one in Denver, Colorado. Yeah. Uh, the one in Denver, Colorado, where Barack Obama took the uh, nomination uh, at uh, Mile High Stadium. <coughs> we were there. We were there. We were there, and we sat together. You you got us uh, great seats with the California delegation. Yep. And uh, we were right there to watch it. And I remember thinking to myself, uh, this is amazing. This is, like, one of those moments that, like, you know, we're going to be here forever. I also think of the inauguration of Barack Obama, which we, we uh, mm-hmm. had a little broadcast from right over there. We broadcast, we had little, right? Yeah. We had the risers set up there, and we were, we were up close and personal with it right there on the Capitol steps. Thanks to, uh, I think, Ellen Ratner. Shout out Ellen Ratner. Yeah, yeah, right, at the time. I'll tell you, one of my favorite moments that I remember is, uh, so we were in, um, I'm pretty sure it was for election night. It was election night 2008. We broadcast, did a special in San Francisco. That's right. Had a big crowd, yeah. remember? And um, so the next morning we had to do our show live. From the West Coast. Okay. Now, at the time, remember, we were doing 6 to 9 a.m., okay? Figure East it Coast out. Time. East Coast time. time. Yes. Figure it out. Uh, that was 3 to 6 a.m. West Coast time, which means that, if you recall, Peter and I, we were at some hotel, I think, the, uh, the Triton or the whatever. Triton, yeah. The Triton down Bush and Grant in San Francisco. And uh, so we were in a cab. On the way to the studio down by Candlestick, uh, not the the new and um, giant stadium. What time? It was like one thirty in the no, morning. No, no, no. It was it was two o'clock. Because I remember we got in the cab maybe at ten to two or something. Yeah. But like two o'clock, and we're going to the studio to, to broadcast, and of course two a.m. meant the bars were letting out in yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. And we could see these people like pouring out of the bars, and I just remember turning to you and said, "This is not nuts. Yeah. This is." Nuts. We were going into the, work when everybody else was just wrapping up a huge party night. The yeah. night that Barack Obama got elected. Right, right. That was nuts. Yeah. And yeah. I think we had gotten like two hours of sleep. That was, a, that was a magic night, though. That I was really cool. No, that was yeah. super cool. Right, that I remember that. Cool. And, um, you know, we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later. What Of all the great guests we've had, I, am, I really remember... Uh, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah, man. What a great person. Yeah, right? we had him in. Not to mention a great chef times. and great writer and great TV, you know, star and everything. But uh, yeah, a couple of times came in our studio. He, I remember he and, he came in our very first year, and you know what was really interesting is uh, he was very obviously politically engaged. But he talked a lot about Donald Trump in year one because there was that weird flirtation that Trump had with uh, mm-hmm. running back then. And he talked about like who he was because he knew him as a New Yorker. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, and maybe um... <laughs> people are coming in. I'm people sorry. are coming I'm in. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I think it's time to whip out the bagels and Let's do it. Uh, get the champagne. We have some mimosas. Pop, pop, <laughs> pop the champagne and uh, and bring some of our friends in with all of you. Of course, good to have you on board here for uh, the last run and a lot of fun. The Bill Press Show on this Friday. May 31st. Join the party. This is the Bill Press Show. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, settle down here, guys. Settle down. Hey, what do you say? It is uh, the Bill Press Show 
on a Friday, May 31st. I don't know why everybody's so dressed up today. Well, almost everybody here. But <laughs> I stand in solidarity with Eddie Bear. <laughs> but it is a very special day, uh, wrapping up this two-hour edition of the uh, Bill Press Show. And we just decided today we're just going to have a party with uh, good friends. And uh, starting off with three of the best here, uh, let's say... Left to right, right to left, I don't know. But, well, i got to start with Igor Volsky, because Igor, I didn't tell him it was a black tie day, but... He I just, dressed he for the just, occasion, because I knew. He just knew. Okay. Right? I needed no memo. I understood. Right. And uh, here I am. Author of the great new book, Guns Down, and our friend for a long, long time. Frequent guest host of the show here, too. Yeah, right? so good to be here to celebrate this terrific show. And I tweeted out, as I was coming in, I think Peter retweeted it, how grateful I really am for everything the show has given me. And the legacy, really, this show has left for so many uh, reporters all across the city. Bill, congratulations. Oh, my God going to cry. And I only yeah. had, and this was only, by the way, a third, <laughs> after oh. a third of champagne, so get ready. After th- Buckle in. After three months. No, no, after, no, just one, a cup, oh, a third oh. a cup, a third, oh. please. It is only 7.30. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Addie Baird, who forgot to wear her formal gown for the occasion. I was, <laughs> listen, <laughs> I think thought, progress. I thought, B- Bill, I have a new job now. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. No, no, it's so brand yeah. new. I didn't even get to do the show. This is it. This I'm is at it. BuzzFeed this, News it. now. Grand opening, grand um, So this is a big transition time for us both. No, I thought, <laughs> um, <laughs> what? As I move to what the will new I? Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was like, "What? What do I want to wear to Bill's show that will make me remember all the times I did it early in the morning?" And so I grabbed the very first thing on the top of my drawers and Pajam- I ran on over here. <laughs> <laughs> In her pajamas, right. So <laughs> I do. I was. Well, thinking, congratulations on the new job. Oh, thank yeah. you. No, um, exciting. I was just thinking much along the lines that that Igor was just saying. There's really no one in D.C. who uh-huh. has like done as much work to elevate young reporters. And, you know, I'm such a beneficiary of that. And I'm so grateful. And you will be deeply missed. And I'm so happy that. Oh, you, my God. Uh, well, thank you. To, yeah. You right. Know, move on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one of the things that we've tried to do is do what the Bob Cusack does at the Hill is hire a lot of young people and give, get them their start and burn them out and then move on, right? That's a good business model. That's a good way of recapping it. That's, that's solid. That's solid. Yes, yeah. We're working to death and then, and then Bob push Bob Cusack, executive editor, what? Editor in chief, whatever. Editor you know, in chief of um, the Hill. The one thing I've enjoyed about, other than you having a lot of our reporters, young and old, uh, on the show, is that. You would bring policymakers on. You'd bring lawmakers on who, you know, very convenient for them to come here early in the morning. They don't have votes. Yeah, what the and hell? They would, right they would the break day, news. Right down the street. They would break news. And that's that's what, you know, that's what's important in this town is not just kind of gabbing, but also breaking news with, with key policymakers. Well, and if we're here, right, that's the thing Might to do well. is take Absolutely. advantage of them. We always tell them that they come in once and they'll be like, now see how easy it was? You're on your way to work, right? Senators hard, right? And, and members yes. of Congress. Yep. And uh, just stop by. Yeah. Uh, and and then you had, I mean, they kept coming back. I mean, you had regular visitors, whether it was Don Edwards or Chris Van Hollen, or I mean, the list goes on and on. Right. The, the most, one of the most awkward moments for us was yeah. two of our like most frequent guests. Uh, Peter, you remember this? They were yeah. in all the time. Were Chris Van Hollen and Donna Edwards, both members of Congress, both great progressives, 
and good friends of ours. And then they ran against each other for U.S. That's Senate right. That's in right. Maryland. <laughs> kind of got a little nasty there. <laughs> we all, did not endorse. We did no, not endorse. All we can say is, good luck, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, could somebody pass the champagne, please? Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. I was just going to ask All you. these memories are making me thirsty. Thank you. Uh, Igor, could you? Yes, I'll give you some to? as well, of course. All right, thank you. Anyone else? Anyone yeah. else? Okay. All right. I, gotta, gotta, gotta I see Peter did not hire a bartender, oh, and so we, here we I am. We figured you'd want to pop it on there. Yeah. You'd want yeah. to pop it on yeah. there. There we go. That's what we're looking for. One of my favorite memories of this show was me and my roommate, Rebecca Entralgo, who's at Think Progress, did the last year, the Labor Day show, and it was me and her and Peter, and we just... It was like 9.30 in the morning, and we got drunk in the studio. Yeah, we, did the, we had Greg Engerton. With Blue Jacket. Yeah, Blue Jacket. And you weren't uh, even here. I was just going to say, where was I? You were not <laughs> here. Are the, are the two related? <laughs> You're not here, and everyone's getting hammered? I think that's how we got spir- like spiraled, is that it was sort of like, well. Ah, that's great. One more. Producer, One more. I produce. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't know that, but... Oh, yes, you did. We released the episode. Yeah, yeah, it's out there. <laughs> well, uh, I would say uh, that Thank you. fits uh, one of the... Fi- here, I guess. I guess that's up to me now to yeah. pour the orange. Oh, yeah, I'm really, I'm really good well, you at know, it. I'll too. say I have done multiple uh, food segments uh, here when I guest hosted, and I forget exactly what they were, but I remember Peter brought in uh, several local chefs, and we had some blind testings, oh. tastings, nice. and uh, it was all delicious. I did not, I was hoping to land uh, my own Thank show on the Food know. Network after this. <laughs> did not work out, and so I stuck with politics, <laughs> but um, yeah. Here you go. Um, now, what's the span of the show? How many episodes? Have you counted them all? Oh, it's fourteen years. Fourteen you know, I didn't years, do the, I didn't five do days the a week. Of, figure it out. Right? Yeah, I didn't That's do the number. Chance. I'm gonna have. Yeah. What was your? Do you have like you know? I'm sure it's hard to pick a favorite, but do you have like a particular one you think about often, or, or is, is there some that you will really treasure? One of my favorite moments um, actually has to do with the Hill and the Bill Press Show, hmm. which was so we had. Uh, this was back when we would do phone interviews. But then we stopped that. And said, I remember those of, days. You're not willing yeah. to come into the studio. Forget it, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want you. So we had John Conyers, who was then the dean of the House of Representatives from right. Detroit. Uh, and uh, it was half, half, half a year into Barack Obama, I think. Okay. And he was a big supporter, of course, of Obama. And I asked him, when the, I asked him oh, well, what do you think about his, his Barack Obama, and he was really upset with Barack Obama because he wouldn't endorse single payer. You remember that? Oh, yeah. John Carney. He was the initial. So I sort of said, so how are you yeah. doing with like, Barack Obama? How do you think he's doing? And there was this long pause. And then Kanye said, why do you ask me that? He said, I'm tired of pulling Barack Obama's feet out of the fire or something like that. Right? Oh, you know? really? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. As a liberal, as a progressive, right. leading liberal. And uh, so, you know, we put that out, and it was the next day on the front page of The Hill. Oh. 
<laughs> yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty good, like, especially so early. You know, because as you know, Democrats did they were upset with Obama because he didn't yeah. like to schmooze with them and that kind of stuff. Right. But yeah. early on, you no, know, it was early that on. Kind of Kanye's stuff. had some real buyer's remorse there. Ooh. No, he did. Yeah, yeah one of the remorse. one of the early uh, <laughs> buyer's remorse. Um, for mentioning that, that yeah. book of mine is still available <laughs> <laughs> on Amazon.com. Uh, so anyhow, and not the end of the story. Um, John Conyers got a telephone call from Barack Obama. Oh, boy. I was not happy with what you said on the Bill Pressure. <laughs> That's fantastic. The next day on the front page of The Hill was a story about John Conyers getting the phone call from Barack Obama. So two days in a row. Back to back. That's nice. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Well, that's great. I yeah, thought that's what that you, was that, a... It's creating news. Yeah. There yeah. you go. There you go. They had a complicated relationship. They really did. He did overall with Democrats. Yeah, yeah. But he, as you say, I mean, he was one of the early supporters of Obama. I remember a lot of the Congressional Black Caucus was was on Hillary Clinton's side, and then a number of them flipped, including John Lewis, right. who, you know, this time around, you want to get John Lewis's endorsement if you're a Democrat. It's going to be interesting to be back. But, you know, we should maybe say that strategically the decision to keep single payer miles and miles and miles away from you in 2009 and 2010 as Democrats were crafting Obamacare may have been a mistake because we ended up with a piece of legislation that has now become law that is, uh, I think, far to the right of what Democrats envisioned and their theory that, well, if we just lay out a logical case to the other side, hold nine months of markups, thank you, Max Baucus, that maybe we'll have a bipartisan law turned out to be a fantasy and I think really ushered in this modern political era where nobody's interested in, well, Republicans, <laughs> mostly in my view, aren't interested in compromising on much of anything. Well, I think that's really Doesn't interesting. That so long? Doesn't it seem so long ago to mention the fight over Obamacare, which we were yeah. all covering and, yeah. and talking about, and Max Baucus, figures like that who you know no longer on the scene. Sorry, I, No, yeah. all I was going to say is that, that Igor's point is, I think, absolutely correct, and it's really interesting because uh, I don't think a lot of Democrats have actually learned that lesson. Um, you know? Whatever do you mean? <laughs> Whatever do you mean? No, there's still this hope, right, that you can appeal to moderate voters, you can peel them away, and that that's how you win elections, as opposed to firing up the base and bringing out the folks you need to build up your coalition, actually activate the progressive movement. That's still a very real debate in yeah. the Democratic Party. Yeah. Well, my take at that time was that by taking single payer off the table, right, then you automatically ended up with less than you could could have gotten if you started with the strongest From a negotiating, possible thing. Yeah, In other yeah, words, when yeah. you compromise before you even start negotiating, right, you're giving up some, exactly. You know, some opportunities or some possibilities. Right, and so, then the public option went away, and that was partially because of Joe Lieberman and the, and the senator, mm -hmm. the moderate senators, Democratic senators. Yeah. And of course, the arguments against Obamacare never changed. He took single payer off the table. They still said it's going to lead to socialism. The public option, they said, will lead to socialism. They took public option off the table. They're still saying it will lead to socialism. So it doesn't, you know, this idea of we just have to be incredibly reasonable and they'll agree and we'll find common ground has proven to what? Be false. Well, and it's the socialism point in particular is so interesting because there's a whole bunch of like 2020 campaign strategy built around, oh, no, 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 I'm not a socialist. And what so many Democrats don't seem to realize yet is that 
no matter what they do, um, they will get called a socialist. So they might as well just do socialism. <laughs> but I think they're learning that lesson. You know, they are they yeah. they are talking some about big them. bold things. Well, yes. some of them in yes. ways that Democrats haven't in the past. And I think part of it is because the business of politics has changed under Trump. That there's the yeah. sense of you can't triangulate. And you have to ask for what you really want and you have to be bold about it. That's a very different dynamic than I think what Democrats embraced as recently as as Obama. So I want to ask you about something that's in in the news today. God forbid here. Um, uh, and Bob, start with you. So the DNC came out with some rules yeah. for the third and fourth debate, which I thought didn't they weren't that radical. But they said instead of one percent in the polls, you need two percent in the polls, which and instead of 65,000 grassroots donors for debate number three, you need 130,000. The Democrats, some of the candidates now are out saying, this is unfair. You, you <laughs> yeah. changed the rules. I mean, what they're going to take heat no matter what. Uh, I, I think that in the yeah. – and we uh, interviewed uh, a DNC chief, and he basically said, listen, we're still ironing out even for the first debate what they're doing. Now, they since then, they have these yeah. rules. I think they should televise. The lottery. I think people I want do this that. so like bad. You'd watch it. Aww. You'd say, okay, you know, and then you have because if it's if it doesn't work out well for Bernie, then the Bernie Sanders supporters are gonna be like, you, the fix is in again. Um, but yeah. it, listen, it's they're gonna get criticized no matter what they do. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's that. I don't think that the new requirements are that that strict. And the know. criticism. They can't make one hundred and thirty thousand after being in for well, and especially after the race starts like that, you should yeah. get to two. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, like. Part of the critique of this was was there was some campaigns who you know anonymous, anonymously told everyone you know the Hill and Politico whatever that like this is going to cut out women and people of color from the debates, but it's actually not mm-hmm. like this is this is going to cut out people who. Um, can't fire up a small donor base. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah, Elizabeth Warren right. will be there. Kamala Harris will be there. Uh, you know, it's like this is this is basically going to winnow it down to what has always been the top tier. Right. Um, and that's interesting. Now, we've got to uh, Bob. I just yes. want to don't run off before I, <laughs> no, I know you've got to run. So thank you. Thank you uh, so thank much. You. For no, this thanks has been for great. Being, thanks for inviting me. Thanks uh, for it's going to be a great day. And, and uh, well, you've you been listen. such a good friend of the program forever. And again, folks, I tell you all the time, it's not just because I write a column for The Hill, but it's <laughs> that The Hill is <laughs> your single, your single. And all those front page stories we <laughs> right, talked exactly. about. <laughs> gave us news. <laughs> the single best source for what's going on here in Washington, uh, The Hill, thehill.com. Thanks, Robert. Thank you, Bill, and congratulations. I look forward to your next adventure. Hey, that's it. The podcast, right. the Bill Press Pod. That's what we're calling it. All right. And uh, so how about it? And we said it's going to be a rotating uh, cast of uh, guests here coming in this morning. Uh, not everybody in black tie. Either. I mean, I am really setting the standard. I you really are. Really raising the bar, if you will. But our, our, our friend here just joining us is uh, not only the Washington bureau chief for the Chicago Sun-Times, but she is the... Also a photographer. Uh, photographer, <laughs> yes. <laughs> she is also the star of the women's basketball team that challenged... Oh, ba- baseball. baseball. Sorry, baseball team, right? We're called the Bad News Babes. Oh. Who take on the congressional women. Uh, every year in a big game here on uh, on Capitol Hill. Do you play for that? No. Team? Listen, I am the best kind of baseball fan, one who played it briefly as a child uh, and never, ever picked up a bat ever again. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Well, if she'll just stop uh, taking pictures here for a while, we could say hello to the aforementioned Lynn Sweet. Good Lynn, morning. Good on this to see you. Bill Press Show. How about I'm it? Honored to be on. Are you kidding? You're one of our favorite guests. You've been here so many times. Lynn. Hello. Hello, hello, hello Lynn. Uh, Andy and, and Igor. Uh, Lynn used to come in, has come in several times on her way to baseball practice. What oh. position do you play? In right her field. baseball togs. I right. just but to Lynn, uh, did, did that the make. coming up, by the way, and I know our listeners around the nation may not be able to make it in, but it's coming up mid June. Congressional Women's Softball Game. Google it. You'll get tickets. It's played at a field just a few blocks right. from yeah. this very broadcast. But it's also members. a fun evening. I've been to the game, yeah. you know, and a lot of a lot of members turn out. A lot of just good friends turn out. Right, and, Bill, uh, you're at Bill Press. I have to tweet out this historic photo of Bill. At BP Show. At BP Show. Yes. Yes. show. Yes. Uh, Lynn, let me ask you: When season. you yeah. uh, stopped by here before your practices and, yeah. and your games, did you feel like you did better? Uh, after your performance here when you had to uh, play the game. You wish I could say You want me to say yes? No. I'm just wondering <laughs> if there was any correlation. <laughs> I, I'd have to look up the record. Okay, I'm okay. She's not listening. An All right. That one, okay. but good try. And I see you're in a tux. Dude, you know, no one told me. Well, no one had to no, tell no me. One, no one told me. Uh, the dress code today. <laughs> well, no one told me either. Yeah. Don't worry. Um, Bill, Travis there, Waldron just tweeted that he loves you, et cetera, et cetera, but also said that you're so wrong about everything in sports. Would yeah, you like to right respond that. to that? He is right about Speaking that. Speaking of uh, sports. Rude. <laughs> I, my response is guilty as charged. <laughs> One of the biggest challenges of my life has been um, keeping the conversation going on sports with Travis Waldron. Oh, I, mean, I know. I just change the subject is what I do. <laughs> I know nothing about sports and he knows nothing about politics. So <laughs> we sort of get along. So right? I am so overwhelmed at being here on the last thing that I've already forgotten your Twitter handle. BP Show. BP Show. At BP Show. You know, I have to at mention BP. something because so Lynn it. was also a part. Because I have everyone an important historic uh, picture uh, of Bill in a tuxedo coming soon. There you go. Lynn was also a big so, part of a, of a big moment on the show. Remember when we had, he was a Senate candidate, Bruce Braley. Oh, remember this oh, guy? Yes. We had him on oh, the no, show this and was Lynn a historic was in the studio moment. with us. It, this killed his candidacy. He oh, was no. running for the oh, Senate. Oh, wait a minute. When was He was, was running that? for the Senate in Iowa, correct? Yeah. Iowa I oh, I remember, Iowa. Ba I remember him, right. Bailey, yeah. And it was during the shutdown. And he was talking about the fact that the shutdown didn't hurt just didn't just hurt um, uh, federal workers or ordinary citizens. It hurt members of Congress too. For example, he would go to the gym in the morning, and there was nobody there to hand him clean towels. Right? Something yes, like that. And yes. At first, and, I, he said and, it as yeah, and, as and for a moment, for a beat, I let it pass. Like, oh, of course. How? Yes. How? How? how it's another impact of this. Sorry. Yeah. Of this sorry shutdown, and I asked a follow-up question right. that made, and that's why I think it had the mm -hmm. impact that it did, because it was absolutely clear that he said what he meant, and he meant what he said. Right. I mean, you what did you ask? What did you ask? I said I don't remember. I don't know if it was just to clarify that he really was bemoaning the loss of his towel, or why he had it in the first place. No, it, I don't remember the exact question, service. but it was kind of like, I mean, like really, 
you want us to feel sorry for you because you don't have a clean towel in the gym or something like that. It was it was ridiculous. Did I say it in astonishment like that? A little bit. A little bit. I was surprised because these are the times kinds of things that professional politicians just keeping that little thought bubble between your ears. But yeah. it oh, made huge news, and he was out. I mean, it it it, it ended his candidacy. Lynn also, okay, I, I want to give her credit. Is this for, this is your life? Where's Ralph Edwards? <laughs> that's it. The maybe your most famous moment was an early this. Barack Obama news conference. Oh, when I was there in the East Room, and everything oh, yeah, was yeah. like all finished. And then Lynn stood up because she knew Obama from covering him from Chicago. I was called on. It you wasn't, call, oh, you I were was called, called on. I'm no, sorry. this you was were not. Okay. I was called on. But it was right toward, right at the end. We basically thought it was over. And that's no, the last no, hold on. I want to clarify that because for <laughs> history. You tell the story. No, here's why that's important because I don't want to seem like I had in, intruded on a press conference or no, yelled out It was out toward the end is my it point. It was the second to the last question. Okay, all right. And a lot of questions had been asked on uh, health policy. And so this, your, her question was about uh, the gentleman in the Cambridge. Gates. The Gates. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Who Professor was Gates arrested. Professor Gates, who was arrested yeah. by right. the police Very early when he on. was returning from a trip and go, going into his own home, and he was arrested for Great question. breaking and yeah. entering. And the president said that it, it was, was stupid. stupid. Yes, and it had enormous. I remember that enormous led to the impact. beer summit. Led to the led, beer summit. Yes, yeah. I was just at the National um, African American History Museum, and they have like a picture of it of of the beer summit, like in like enshrined at the museum. And I was like, I haven't thought about this in years. Um, but it's a, an interesting loop around, as all D.C. things are, to a small town story that begins with a woman. We're now all well, sitting next to Well, here's, <laughs> here's the point. And, I, and, and this is going to be a compliment for Bill Press. So oh. He, he, those are okay. rare. So. And I know it's the last show, and I'm a little <laughs> sentimental. Even some shows have a basic orientation, left or right. These are still shows that give content to listeners, you know, uh, even in one team or the other. And I think the things we're talking about, even that uh, unfortunate comment about the towels, it shows that you still have to be on your toes when real interviewers or real expert in public affairs like Bill Presses, when they ask you questions, you've got to think and give answers that an audience like this is hungry for because the people that are listening are people that care about issues and politics, current affairs, and yes, some other sports now and then, but you you can't be lulled into thinking that just because you, you, somebody may share a basic life perspective on it, that you can't bring your A-game. And this show has always had people bringing their A-game to the microphone, and I compliment you for well, making thank, that happen. Well, thank you, and good good for them. And also, you, you mentioned something with I found, I'm sure you did, Igor, too, when you were hosting, is that the, um, the viewers and the listeners, they're really smart. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, they care about the issues. That's why they get up early and tune in or whatever. Or, or, and uh, and they're really, and they hold our feet to the fire sometimes. Well, especially you know? in Chicago where oh, this man. show has been heard. Bill has a big following. And good morning, Chicago. Hello, it's Chicago. And how about, <laughs> Lynn Sweet, how about this new mayor of oh, Chicago? Oh, wow. Is it, who's been in studio with us, by the way, Laurie Lightfoot. Yeah. Great. So, was she here when she was in town a few weeks ago? Uh, or before? Before. So... This is, uh, I just met her for the first time when she was in Washington a few uh, weeks ago, and she came to power partly because of the very powerful alderman 
in Chicago named Ed Burke, who was had a legal cloud over him. He was facing criminal charges. Well, today, last night, even more charges were filed against him. She called immediately for his resignation. This is this is someone Rahm Emanuel was afraid to touch. Mayor Daley was both Mayor Daley's were afraid to touch, and now he. Th this is a great story because. The, talk about chutzpah. He, this, this guy at Burke tried to slap down Lori Lightfoot at her first city council meeting a few oh. days ago, and she just said, "Sir, you know, if you've said what you've said, <laughs> you know, we'll move on." And now he faces a, a, a wide assortment of criminal charges. And this morning, she will be amplifying her call to have him uh, turned down. So this is really a new chapter in, in uh, it, there. Well, in many ways, yeah, it is. New uh, chapter. Uh, again, we have yeah. It's interesting, the first openly gay man, mayor, running for president, and the first openly gay mayor of Chicago. African-American female. Af African-American female. Right. The progress we've made. Could you have imagined 14 years ago when you started this show? No, but I'm going to take credit for all you of that. You should. You did it, Bill. And as much as that, okay. you know, it is, it is a little island in in the in a island of blue there we have socialists on the city council now i think six of them yeah all right now, i don't know who's staying who's going i don't know uh, peter's <laughs> in charge uh but uh, igor volsky great to see you guns thank you down. bill check out the book guns down addy baird now with buzzfeed Yay. and uh, lynn sweet chicago sun times we got another hour to go He's folks don't go away show Hey, friends, don't be a stranger. Keep up to date with all of the Bill Press Show happenings around the clock on social media. Here's how. You can follow us on Twitter at BP Show or on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Bill Press Show and on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. And remember, if you haven't already done so, make sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, please rate and review the show. That means a lot to us. And thanks so much for your support. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show, live at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Hey, hey, it's party time here on The Bill Press Show <laughs> <laughs> on a Friday, May 31. Uh, we're all dressed up, ready to go. What do you say? You know what this is. This is uh, the final day, the final hour <laughs> of uh, The Bill Press Show, but it's been 14 uh, great years, and so we wanted to have a, uh, a fun party for the last day. Yeah, maybe talk about a little news, but mostly catch up with uh, some good friends who've been here um, either from the beginning or many, many times th throughout the show. Uh, so we invite you to join in as well. We have uh, bagels. We have champagne. We have orange juice. If you put the two of them together, I think it's called a mimosa. It's not my favorite drink, but I am enjoying <laughs> one at the moment. <laughs> uh, and um, Peter and I are both dressed up for the occasion. Um, <laughs> with what each of us are comfortable wearing for special occasions. Um, Peter, I, for I his dress for comfort, and you dress for comfort. That's right. For Peter's wedding, this is what he dressed as. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I wore my pajamas, you wore your pajamas. We just sleep in different things. Right. And uh, joining us uh, here at the table, and it's been a lot of people just moving in and out, and we'll be for the rest of the show. Uh, let's go. Paul Woodhall now. Paul Woodhall is, is um, well... 
We started out together. That's right. right. That's Business right. partner from the beginning of 14 years ago. Can you believe it? Well, uh, longer than my first marriage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, congratulations to both of us. Huh? It's been a good run. Buddy. Amazing, amazing run. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun and uh, started out at the Center for American Progress where uh, Peter was a producer and our associate producer with Jonathan Levy who is right here, man. Uh, uh, it's been a long time since I've been in the studio with you, Bill. And we started, I think I was your first hire on this, wasn't I? Sure. Jonathan lived uh, at the time across the street from us. Mm -hmm. And we would go to the studio. You would be on your front steps. I would come out, pick you up, and then we'd drive to the studio. Before four, we four o'clock in the morning. Interview. Four o'clock in the morning. I would have gotten up two hours earlier to watch six hours of Fox News on TiVo and uh, pull the clips that... Uh, Peter would then uh, take over here in the studio. We did a lot more work back in those days. I think the show's gotten uh, loosey gooseier. <laughs> well, I take that as a compliment. <laughs> uh, and then we moved over here and joined by a lot of good friends who've been with us uh, quite a few years, not like John Allen from NBC News, who's also guest hosted the show and has moved on to kind of bigger and better things. Getting yeah. attacked by interest groups on Twitter, things like that. Yeah. I know. What? Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know. <laughs> Bigger and better things. <laughs> do, you, do you have friends and some who are not such good friends? Huh? I'm I'm trying to see the. I'm sorry, the Three clock minutes. in back of you. I oh, can't sorry, see. Uh, <laughs> I'm too big. I, yes, I have moved on to bigger and better things. I'm twice the size I was when I first appeared on the Bill Press show. It's all the damn bagels in here. <laughs> yeah, I haven't even had a chance to uh, to to get mine yet. But these are um, John important times, huh? And interesting times. Yes, very much so. Important, interesting, propitious times, perhaps. I just like to say propitious. Can I guess? I want to say something that um, you didn't pay me to say, but uh, I got to tell you, having watched watching the news, I'm an old, old fashioned. I still watch Carol, and I still watch the news at night. NBC News, hands down, has the best show. I I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, paycheck will continue to come. <laughs> okay. No, Lester Holt is. Huge. And, and a gentleman. I, I think the nicest thing about Lester Holt is that, uh, you know, a lot of times it goes to people's head, but you like, I actually get to see him. I don't know him at, at all, but I, I mean, you know, I don't know him personally really well, but I actually get to watch him interact with other people kind of behind the scenes. You know, you're in an airport going from one city to the next or whatever, and he's like the nicest guy in the world. Um, and so what you see is what you get, and you don't always get that from... Uh, you know, from people who are on the nightly news. No, that's true. And I, I'd just like to jump in since it is Bill's last show. That when I used to work for Bill, my job was to call and book people on the show. And what they used to say to me was exactly that. Of course, I'll do it. Bill is the nicest guy who works oh my in God. media. Right. On that thought, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with Woody, Paul, and John, and Jonathan. This is the Bill Press Show. Party, party, party. It is uh, the Bill Press Show here. On a Friday, May 31st, yeah, we are wrapping up, uh, just wrapping up the daily uh, Bill Press Show. Remember, I'm moving to a podcast next week, but the Bill Press Show after 14 golden years. Peter Ogburn here from the very, very, very beginning. 
Um, we come to you live, as always, from our studio on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. Uh, today, we just decided to kick back, uh, invite a lot of uh, friends over, and a lot of friends who weren't even invited but just decided to <laughs> stop by. So kind of what the hell. It's uh, open-door policy here. By the way, speaking of open-door policy, yes. we also have an open-line policy for people who, who aren't in the area. We have somebody on the phone who specifically wanted to call in. Are you there? I am, sir. How is everybody doing? Clinton Yates, our friend Clinton Yates. I will say that it is television. Clinton Yates. What's up, Bill? How are you? Clinton Yates. Oh man, I wish you were here. You are doing. I know. I'm in an airport in Tampa, alas. (laughs) This very quickly. The reason is why is because back when I was just an idiot who liked to yell a lot, you all used to not only let me on your show to talk about the things that I cared about and we cared about, but you used to let me host the Dagon program in which <laughs> I could just scream for hours about whatever and run ridiculous bits. And I will forever be grateful for letting me get that out, not just in from a professional standpoint, but from a personal standpoint. Everybody I've met over time, Bill, it's been a hell of a run, and I just want to say congrats and thank you from everybody that I know and uh, I know appreciates what you've done. Oh, man, you're a good friend and a good man, Clinton Yates, and I'm proud of you every time I see you on ESPN, Clinton. Thank right. you. I'm doing my best out here. All right. See all you right. all soon. I got to run and get on a plane, but thanks, <laughs> Peter. Thank you, everybody. I uh, love you, Bill. All thanks, right. Thanks, Clinton. Hang in there, man. Hey. Clinton Yates, how about it? Here in studio with us, uh, from the very, very beginning, we started out with Jonathan Levy as associate producer. He's also moved on to bigger and better things, but still comes by, particularly <laughs> when Peter was hosting. Right? Yeah, it's one of my favorite things. I haven't been in the studio with you in forever. I love it. Well, welcome back. Yeah. John Allen, uh, national political correspondent for NBC News, uh, joining us here. John, it's great to see you. Uh, and, you know, one of our favorite guests or one of your favorite guests, uh, whenever we get into a foreign policy hotspot, who do we turn to? <laughs> Joe Siricioni <laughs> from the Plowshares Fund. Hello, well, Joe. And I am honored to be here. I've been with you since the beginning, I think, when we were doing at the Center for American Progress. From the very way beginning, back then. way back then, we were talking about the Iraq War a lot. So it's a pleasure to have been on this journey with you. Joe, you're the greatest. You know that. I I just think so highly of you and the work that you do at Plowshares Fund. Uh, Thank you. Joe, so I'm starting a new podcast next week, The Bill Press Pod, and uh, you can find it where you find your favorite podcast. Uh, Joe beat me to it. He's got a podcast <laughs> called Ring This Bell. No, <laughs> no, push this button. Press the button. Oh, press, press the button. Press the button. <laughs> it's about, of course, nuclear Ring issues. Ring this bell. <laughs> well, one of those things. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't touch the button. Right. <laughs> so, so it's great. And let me just say. It has to do with the nuclear button and, and Donald Trump being so close I don't think it. it actually works that way. <laughs> I, just, I mean, Joe, I know you're it's the expert. It's a metaphor. It's a uh, metaphor. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> is it so, really? <laughs> I is, have always my life believed that it was actually a button. There is no pressed. actual button. It's, it's a just, huge letdown in Hollywood's life. Turn the keys, light. I'm sorry, levers, but no actual button. But let me just say, now that I'm on the other side of the microphone, you know, after being years and years of being interviewed by people like you, I'm trying to interview others. So we had, uh, you know, Chris Van Hollen, Chris one Van of your Holland. favorite. Had him. I, I just want to say how much appreciation I have for the skill that you bring to this profession. Oh, it is so hard to do what you do, to make the interview seem effortless, to be smooth as silk, to know when to interrupt, when to move it along, when not to step on your guest line. It's, 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 it's so much harder than it looks. I just like to make people <clears throat> look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> also, it could be that you're interviewing members of Congress that makes it harder as an interviewer to <laughs> keep the conversation moving along. So can I tell you one of the funny stories about the Bill Press Show is when we started, we, we broadcast from a studio out in Silver Springs. Oh, God. Oh. And my, we, my hometown. My 
place of my birth. And it was really a weird yeah. kind of setup because it wasn't really a studio. It was just like a room. And I was here, and then over there was Peter, and then there was Jonathan, who would take calls. And Jonathan, I could hear him say to these callers, uh, I can't talk very loud because there's no glass. <laughs> and I didn't know what the hell he was, he was saying. Uh, and what he meant was, like, Peter's got, there's a, yeah. a window, right? Peter can talk yes. over there, and we can't hear him. The callers didn't understand what I was saying either. <laughs> it's idiot-proof class. Yes. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I got much better at my job when no one could hear me. <laughs> uh, and uh, so, Jonathan, now you're working on campaign. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I've because of the work I did. He, you, at 23 years old, you gave me a job, took a chance on me. First hire for the bill. Second, Peter was. No, first. no, I was no, the first. first. I was the first oh, hire. Sorry. Thank first. you very much. Yes, I wore. Uh, shredded jeans to my interview, which I wore today in honor of it, and you called me and offered me the job and said, if you ever dress like that again, you have lost the job. And I figured up till today I could do it. And uh, <laughs> I did, right. But from what you did, you gave me a career that I have been in politics now. I get to consult members of Congress and help them figure out how to talk about the tricky issues, and it's all because of you. And, and running campaigns all over the country. All over the country, and yeah. got to meet one yeah. of my best friends in the world in Peter. So yeah. I owe a lot to you in the Bill Press show. Well, thank you. But it's because of you, Jonathan. You, yeah. I'm just Seriously. impressed you can wear the same jeans 14 years later. Oh, no, they're new shredded <laughs> jeans. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I was like, good Lord. That's Those impressive. other ones disintegrated. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So what's the exciting word out of 2020, John? Uh, <laughs> Um, I think is it all over? Does Joe Biden have it? No, it's not all over. No, 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 no. It's definitely not all over. Uh, that doesn't mean Joe Biden won't become the Democratic nominee, but <clears throat> I think most voters uh, are not tuned in. I think uh, mm. you're looking at a situation now where people are familiar with Joe Biden, where they are comfortable with Joe Biden for the most part, uh, but they still don't know a lot of these candidates. When you look at polls where people are asked to provide the name of the person they want to vote for, mm -hmm. uh, the numbers shift a lot. And I, so I think what you're going to see is these statewide campaigns take root in Iowa and New Hampshire and South Carolina. Yeah. That stuff takes a lot of time to develop. Um, and we haven't seen a debate yet. Plug for NBC at the end of this, uh, at the end right. of next month, we're going to have mm -hmm. uh, the first Democratic debate. So I think there's uh, a lot of time for this to develop. We are going to watch until January, basically. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff where we don't actually get a result where voters are voting. And yeah. then you're going to see the the uh, insanity of Iowa. And I don't mean that, that as any uh, uh, knock on the Iowa voters. But Why not? Covers. But I mean the insanity <laughs> of Iowa. Uh, no, no, but the insanity of Iowa in terms of rational choice, uh, all these like all these decisions, the game theory decisions of caucuses where you have maybe 10, 15, 20 candidates uh, each of them with their own strategy for trying to stay in and getting their support, trying to get their supporters to decide who they want, uh, mm -hmm. you know, as the rounds of the caucuses go on. So I think it's way too early to make any determinations. And Joe Cirincioni is, if, uh, I think it's okay to say, right, on the advisory committee with Senator, for Senator Bernie Sanders. Yes, yes. And do you think Bernie's got it locked up? <laughs> it's, well, you've been talking about this a lot uh, every day uh, on your show, and it's, it's wide open. It's wide open. I'm no, you know, I'm, I'm. It's nobody knows who the Bernie has an advantage, though. And you could go ahead. Don't you think Bernie has an advantage, having run before and having built that organization and keeping that base? Still pulling the biggest crowds of any candidate out there. He's got a huge f financial advantage. He's got 
core supporters are going to be with him to the end. And, you know, a Biden stumble in a debate could just change the dynamic uh, immediately. Uh, a shining moment, as you just talked, for any of the candidates, including Bernie, could really make a big difference. So it's wide open. Nobody knows. I mean, maybe this is the year a Rose Garden strategy works for somebody who's not actually president or vice president. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really could be. I mean, you the, mean for Biden? <clears throat> for Biden. I mean, yeah. his message to everyone is the, the return to normalcy, yeah. borrowing from Warren Harding. And perhaps, and his campaign, his, it's true. I mean, yes, it's, I know, it's just funny. That, it's a, it's a, that's a winning message, usually, borrowing from uh, Warren Harding. But, <laughs> yeah, right. It but, worked for him. He yes. was elected. But I do, but I do think that um, it, if you look at his campaign so far, his campaign is yeah. a reflection of that message, right? I mean, right. it is like sort of moving along slowly. It's not interacting right. a whole lot with voters or reporters. It's very cautious. Mm-hmm. His response to Donald Trump is a couple days later. It's not hitting back hard. It's saying, you know, uh, right. politics ends at the water's edge, yeah. and we don't attack people on mo- on Memorial Day. I mean, very, very traditional stuff. Maybe maybe that's what Democratic voters are going to want. Maybe that's what the general electorate's going to want. Um, it is a very clear sort of one-direction thing he's doing. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> uh, I remember you're talking about Biden's um, moving slowly. So I had, I laughed out loud when so I'm on the Biden email. I'm on all the emails oh, from sure. the candidates, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think we all are, right? Yeah, yeah. So Every I morning, no matter how many times I hit unsubscribe, I am. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, no, they just won't, they won't let you go. No. It's did like, you, did like you endorse like, Mike Gravel yet? <laughs> <laughs> You're still pretty excited about the Pentagon Papers release, right? <laughs> or contribute anything, five dollars. The point I was trying to make is champagne. In the orange. There you go. Take care of that. Oh my God! Look at this. Hey, folks, we don't know what's going on here. Uh, the Honorable Tom Daschle is sipping this. You have to stand for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, Tom. How are you? Good to see you. Fantastic. Why don't you have a seat? We are a... Jonathan. A We're pleasure, Bill. Uh, John Allen and, uh, and Jonathan Levy here and welcoming uh, the Honorable Tom Daschle uh, and Paul Brandis from uh, West Wing Reports. Joe Cirincione moves over and stays as Senator, well. could you pass the bagel, please? Absolutely. <laughs> 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 we have here. Thank you. Wait, we need. Oh. Is this a Ponzi scheme or something? I got it. <laughs> I got it. Um, did you? Do you get some? Did I you did. get some orange juice with it. Do I'm I need sorry. orange juice in my champagne? <laughs> well, that's, that's a mimosa. <laughs> Senator, could we uh, in- interest you in a little uh, champagne? And Absolutely. Juice? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. I want to celebrate with that's the rest a, of you. It's a man after my yeah. own heart here, right? You got Indeed. it. Um, how often do you Is see it cheap this? champagne or good champagne? No, I, <laughs> a little, a little orange juice? A little orange juice, yes. Thank you. Perfect. Knowing that, how about you, good. Paul? Sure. Thank you. You know, I used to much. be a bartender. I, I know how to do this. Joe, you are. It's yeah, 8 yeah. o'clock in the morning. It's time for a drink. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, again, uh, Joe's here in Sony with the Palau Shares Fund. We told you it's going to be a rotating cast of friends today. Uh, Paul Brandis is uh, editor and publisher of the West Wing Reports, westwingreports.com. That's West Wing Reports. I'm also a USA Today columnist. And okay, there we go. Dow Jones and, and whatever. And our good friend and former Senate Majority Leader, uh, Tom Daschle, coming all the way across town today. So good to see you, Senator. Good to see How you, too. You? I'm well, thank so you, Bill. So you, uh, I mentioned this earlier, um, Tom, I don't know whether you remember, but one of the greatest moments of the Bill Press show back in 2007 when we were over at the Center for American Progress, uh, you came in studio, the... the uh, Presidential campaign was Joe just. Joe have been there at that time. Were you there? Yes, I was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, presidential campaign was just getting started. Again, it looked like Hillary Clinton was going to be uh, right out in front, the nominee, and uh, 
here comes Tom Daschle <laughs> making news saying he was endorsing somebody that we'd barely heard of, Barack Obama. <laughs> That's right. You said Fond that on our show. Fond memories, yeah, yes. You were, you were the first senator to endorse him, weren't you? I, 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 well, I wasn't a senator anymore at that right, time. Okay, so, just, uh, just out, right. Just out, right. Yeah. But I think I may have been one of the first. I don't know if it was exactly the first, but it was a fun time. Very. Uh, what happened is that I left the Senate, and Barack hired virtually my entire staff. And so that right. really brought us together. Uh-huh. Uh, all of uh, my Pete Rouse right. and, and uh, Dennis, Dennis McDonough. McDonough. This is where he got Dennis. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so many more. And mm-hmm. so we developed a close friendship and uh, developed that rapport that that's lasted to the to the day. So we uh, that friendship all came about as a result of my loss and his victory. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember at the center, which was very pro Hillary at the point, there was a few of us who were closet Obama supporters, and then when you came out, it made the rest of us a little, oh, little easier to, to come That's out and great. talk about it. What did you see in Obama that you that really convinced you? Oh, I tell you, a lot of different things. First of all, I just saw a charisma. You know, there's some people that almost, you just see from the moment you meet them, they've got it. They've got what it takes. He had a charisma, but also he had a thoughtfulness. I'd read his, uh, his initial book and his other uh, uh, writings. I, I went to Chicago a couple of times when I was majority leader, and we were on a recruiting trip. And I, I remember actually hearing him speak for the first time, and I thought, he just kind of blew me away. And, mm. and th- he was, a, at that time, a state senator, had lost an election, actually, for the House of Representatives mm. in Chicago. Right. So, um, so I, I uh, but I, Dick Durbin had told me, this guy with a funny name yeah. is somebody with a great future. You ought to come and hear him sometime. And while you're hearing him, talk to him about running for the Senate. So he did, and he decided to run, and uh, the rest is history, as they say. Yeah, no, incredible. But it was a, it and was I'm sure really John, a... John Kerry must have seen something in him at the time and said, we'll, we'll make him the keynote speaker for the 2004 Democratic Convention, which is when the entire country got to see him well, for the first time. Well, there's a great book in 1988, What It Takes, Help oh, me with yeah. the author. I can't, but but Barack Obama had what it takes, and you could see it from the very beginning. And so to be in on the ground floor and to work with my former staff and to mm-hmm. start plotting and plotting was a was, was just a, a great experience. Who senator has it now? Who do you see? Good who has question. It now? Good question. I, you know, I think it's too early to know. I don't know any of them like I did him. So I don't. I don't really see that. That same potential right now, but it could be there. I you served with I've Joe had... Biden. I'm sorry. You served with Joe I Biden served, well, for I many actually, years, and I I've already endorsed Joe, and so I'm um, I'm a big supporter of his, and hope he he can he can get all the way through. But I uh, but but I, I take it you were asking about the newer senators, and I and I really don't know at this point. I think there are some with potential. I like Michael Bennett a lot. I think well, he's not just necessarily senators, just a, it's a wide field. Yeah. Well. Peter Buttigieg seems to have it. I mean, sure. I, I look at sure. what he's doing and how he articulates and uh, the charisma <clears throat> he's got, and I, I see a lot of potential there. Mm-hmm. So Paul Brandis and I used to hang out at the White House briefing room. Not but lately. Back in the days, <laughs> back in the days when there used to be White House briefings, I was there the like last week. I just stopped in to pick up a new pass, and and uh, a friend of mine there said, "Welcome to the White House briefing room museum." <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what it is right now. Tumbleweed huh? blowing down. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say I was in there just the other day, and uh, these days you just go in to see friends and 
they yeah. use the bathroom or something, and they're just tumbleweeds <laughs> rolling down the aisle and everything. And it's really, you know, it's really, there's really no reason to go in. And frankly, that's the way they prefer it. I mean, they've taken yeah. away all of these passes with these draconian rules, which for people who don't know, you have to go there at least uh, half the time, and they include weekends, yeah. too. Right. So if you're not there... 90 days out of 180, you lose your hard pass. And it's meant to take it away. And they no. say it's all because of the Secret Service, which is not true. Not true. Of course they want to cut Secret down. Secret Service, no. No, I lost my hard pass, and I went in, and I said, what? Well, everybody And they looked, and they yeah. said, well, you've only been here like three times in the last three months. I said, well, you haven't had any <laughs> briefings, right? And they said, well, we've had lots of events and things. Uh, right? That's you just, know, it's yeah, just, it's just it, it, You want to hear an interesting story, though? People don't remember this, but... Uh, if Hillary Clinton had won, this true story, uh, she might have taken the briefing room away because when she was first lady, she actually made an effort briefly, people forget about this, to reclaim that indoor swimming pool. There was talk of, there was talk of, there was talk of doing that. You know, it's built, as you know, over the pool. Right. And she wanted to take that back, and there was talk of doing that when there was immediate pushback. No, 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 you can't do that. And yeah. she backed down. So the question is, what if she had won? Mm -hmm. She would have said, well, maybe I want that indoor uh, uh, pool back. Well, it is White House, but it's government property. Yeah, so, yeah. If you ever want to know that, you, as a reporter in the White House, that your job is is temporary, you can go down into the uh, into the basement. And it is still a pool, meaning all the tile is still ah, there. Is that right? Oh yeah. I all they'd have to do is right. take off the the, the you know the stuff upstairs yeah, and then right. fill it with water. It's ready to go. <laughs> ready to go. Yeah. Two <laughs> days you're there. <laughs> no, they they could easily either and do ironically, that. Ironically, the only reason it was even given to the press is because of uh, of all people, Richard Nixon, because the press used to hang out in the lobby of the West Wing, and he said oh, that's too close. I don't want them here. Put them over in the pool. I don't swim. And so, ironically, because of Richard Nixon, what a gift. Huh. Yeah. Can you imagine? Joe. Uh, so Joe, with the Plowshares Fund, doing great work tracking what is getting, like, zero attention these days, is Donald Trump's efforts to not only modernize but to expand America's nuclear weapons capacity, right? Why? Be well, because of Donald Trump's basic image of himself. He wants things bigger. He wants power. As he said, the, the power during the campaign, the power of nuclear weapons is very, very important to me. So not their strategic role, not, you know, but, but the power that they represent. And of course, like many other things, he's on all sides of the issue. He wants to get rid of them. No, he wants more. But he's proposing an historically high defense budget, $750 billion, And in there is a great expansion of the, uh, of the nuclear uh, arsenal. Fortunately, we have a Democratic House now, and we have people fighting back. So Adam Smith on the House Armed Services Committee is going to mark up and put some restrictions in the request. The Defense Appropriations Committee is marking up, is pulling back uh, some, especially on the most dangerous weapons, the new sort of battlefield nuclear weapons mm -hmm. that he wants to deploy. Yeah. I mean, this is something, Tom, that some of these treaties negotiated by both Democratic and Republican presidents, yeah. right? It's tragic. It's just so tragic. I, I, we're just uh, the leadership that we used to provide the, the globe is, is virtually gone. And the uncertainty, the confusion, the misinterpretation, all of that. And in the meantime, the world gets more dangerous by the day. And it's really, it's just tragic. Right. right. Tearing down the infrastructure, tearing down our safety net Absolutely. and not replacing it with anything. Absolutely. Anything. Nothing. Nothing. What was your take on uh, Bob Mueller's statement? special counsel statement the other day. 
Well, I thought it was pure Bob Mueller. I mean, it's exactly what you'd expect. You know, he's a he's very precise. He's very reserved. He's very unwilling to engage. And you saw what Bob Mueller uh, has been like his entire career. I think he did a service in articulating, as he did, that uh, people shouldn't draw more into the report than than what uh, what is there. Uh, I still think uh, testimony, at least in a close setting, would be helpful. Uh, I think people deserve the facts, and there are a lot of facts that are still unknown. And I think it's important for the American people, for the Congress, uh, for all decision makers, really, voters and others, to have a better appreciation of what happened and why. The report does a, a good job. But we could do an even better job. You know, I ran into um, a neighbor, uh, your former colleague, Kent Conrad, former senator from North Dakota, lives a couple of blocks from here yesterday, uh, ran into him at the Eastern Market. And he said, you know, I, he said, I think that if they get Robert Mueller to come in in front of the House Judiciary Committee, and if he does nothing but just read from the report, that's a win for the, for, for us. Oh, that's said, right. Because... Most people will not have not read the report, will not have read the report. And to hear Robert Mueller say, talk about all these instances of attempts to obstruct justice, talk about all the attempts. If it it wasn't a criminal conspiracy to cooperate with the Russians and try to find out anything they could from the Russians, call it collusion or whatever, just have Mueller read that from the report. It would be pretty powerful. Well, that's exactly right. And I, I think the reasons, you know, he, he cited the Constitution and, of course, the limitations on what what can be done with a sitting president. But there are no limitations on information involving a sitting president. And I think that information has still been constrained. And it really needs elaboration, explanation, and far greater clarity than what we've got right now. And so, Paul, yesterday the president said uh, the courts would never allow impeachment, right? As if, as the if courts, they have anything to do the, with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. his, his, his lack of knowledge every day, it's impossible. to. Every day I think, well, well, we've hit another new low. And I've been saying that for, what, 500 days or so now. <laughs> every day there's something that yes. surprises you. You know, and even last night with mm-hmm. this news about these uh, tariffs with oh. Mexico mm-hmm. that he intends. If you think about it, his policies are at cross currents here because, well, First of all, you want to tax Americans basically until uh, tax Americans to ostensibly punish uh, Mexico for not uh, letting migrants come here and and legally apply for asylum. It doesn't make sense. But on top of that, these tariffs uh, run current to he can't do it because the NAFTA 2.0 that he just uh, enacted. It's illegal under the tariff, <laughs> under the trade pact that he just made. He doesn't even understand. Which hasn't been ratified. Which, hasn't been ratified which, is, which he it's, wants it's, to bring to a vote that, yes. that eliminates tariffs, and here he is right. imposing new ones. You right. know, right. There, There's no consistency whatsoever. You're right. It's one, one new low after another. Let me just mention another one, if you don't mind. Please. Which is the USS John McCain. Ah, uh, thank you. Oh. I was just going to go there. Right? Yes, please, I mean, th- please This go. is terrible in and of itself, but it shows you the mentality of the men. You look up the definition of solipsism in the dictionary, and there's a picture of Donald Trump. Solipsism, center of the universe. Everything is about him. So he goes to Japan, one of our most important allies. And, and, and what is he obsessed about or his staff obsessed about, which is the name of a, a former political rival on a warship, which, of course, is not just John's name, but his, his father's name, his, Grand- his grandfather's name. So it's the three John McCain's. And so we have two things going on here. One, either he did this himself 
and ordered the removal of the ship. The ship moved away. The name covered prohibited the sailors who had the hats, USS John McCain, from coming to his event. Which is, by the way, he denies, but was still not impossible that he did that. Right. And that's the second bad part. If he didn't do it, or if Shanahan, the acting Secretary of Defense, didn't do it, which he denies, then the people who did do it did it illegally because they're not in the military chain of command. It's the president. It's the Secretary uh, of Defense. It's not the White House staff. It's not the DOD staff. So who gave that order? What happened? But how petty can you get? Exactly. How petty? You know? Exactly. And and I th- I kept thinking now and here's Lindsey Graham. <sighs> Whatever happened? I'm sure you get that question sent all the time, <laughs> right? I mean, John McCain was his best friend. I think they really were best. He traveled with him all the time, and now he's gone. And Donald Trump is trashing John McCain yes. at every occasion. He did it yesterday again from the White House. And Lindsey Graham is Donald Trump's new best friend. I'm really amazed that the McCain family is so forgiving and so tolerant to that. I mean, I, 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 I would be hard for me to accept how much Lindsey Graham has changed his tune since John McCain has left us. And they've been incredibly tolerant and, and willing to subject themselves to this daily onslaught of criticism of the McCain family with, with Lindsey's silence. And it just doesn't make any sense. But... It's uh, it's another tribute to the McCain family. Mm. No, it is. Yeah, we're finding uh, we're running hard to keep up with uh, all of our guests today and all of the changing <laughs> events of the day as oh. well. Peter, what's going on next? Let's take a break. All right, we'll take a break on the Bill Press Show and uh, Joe Cirincione. Great to have you with the us. The trap door is about to open. Trap okay, door is about to open. <laughs> <laughs> Great to have you with us for What's so many years, Joe. It's been an right. honor, Bill. And Paul Brandis, the same as you. Good to see you, Thank my you. friend. You're like the Johnny Carson of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, what you're going to do. <laughs> Senator Tom Dash, friend Bill. forever. Thanks so much absolutely, for stopping by. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Quick break. We'll be right back with a whole new. Who knows who's coming up next? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> this is the Bill Press Show. Hey, what do you say? It is the Bill Press Show on <laughs> on this Friday, May 31. Coming to you live from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, as always. It is uh, the last day of the two-hour version of the Bill Press Show. Next week, we start the new podcast, The Bill Press Pod. And we are dressed for the occasion um, Peter Ogburn and I both wearing exactly what we feel comfortable wearing. Yeah, uh, right. you know, right. just for the job you want, not the job you have. <laughs> Peter, uh, here from uh, day one uh, of the uh, Bill Press show. Others have come and gone, uh, but Peter and I couldn't find another job, and so we just, <laughs> nobody else would hire me. We stuck it out until the very, very, very end. Uh, we've had lots of guests in studio today, and Peter. Yeah, we have somebody on the phone. Not everybody could be in studio, so we have one of our friends who could not be in studio, former guest host of the show, Evan McMorris-Santoro. What's up, Evan? Good morning, guys. Hey, Evan. How are you? Peter, what are you wearing? Look, it's the last day. What do I have? I'm not going to (laughs) try. Bill, congratulations on such an amazing show, and I just want to tell you how much fun I've had the times you've let me take in the take the wheel and and steer it and talk to your amazing audience and talk to the people that uh, that you get in as guests it's just been really really great and I'm just really thrilled to see that you're going to be doing a podcast and that you're still going to be around but uh man it's a long run with a great show oh thank you so much Evan and you're one of our best friends and did a great job here I'm very very proud of you as as we see you 
move on to a lot of, big, lot of bigger and better things. Thanks, Evan. Thanks for checking in. All right. Absolutely. Have Thanks, a good show. Man. Thanks, buddy. And here we go with the roundtable here that keeps changing uh, in studio. Um, welcome another group of friends here. Jen Bendry, you know Jen from uh, HuffPost here. We hang out, used to hang out at the White House together <laughs> when there were briefings back in the days. <laughs> uh, and occasionally on Capitol Hill as well and the frequent guest in studio. Jen's great to see you. You too. And also another star of the uh, Bad News Babes. That's the, right. Uh, uh, the women's reporters baseball team. Lynn Sweet was in earlier. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like Lynn, Jen has come here in her baseball togs on her way to practice, right? I have. Jamal Simmons, one of our early early guests on the show, absolutely. And now, you know, he's a star of the Hill TV, right? So he's his own <laughs> TV star. But Jamal, it's great to see you. Uh, thank you for having me, Bill. Um, it was a pleasure both to be uh, an early uh, guest to uh, sometimes you, be a sidekick and sometimes a guest, guest host, host as well, uh, right. when, you know, on the show. So it's been a fun, uh, fun ride. Thanks and for now me family, right? You had no family. Job. We got a fourteen-month-old uh, little boy at home and another one on the way. Oh my gosh! Oh, in right. November, so yeah. Small <laughs> Simmons clan growing. Yeah, yes. Um, and we used to hang out at the White House together too when he was covering working for. Newsweek. Newsweek. Sorry. Yeah. And then moved on to National Geographic. Uh, Daniel Stone, good friend Daniel Stone, frequent guest of the show. And Daniel, always good to see you, Daniel. Yeah, great to be here. Uh, yeah. Recently married, maybe a month ago. A week ago. Oh, that's why wow. everybody was congratulating Thank you in you. the yeah. Yeah. ante room here. A week ago. Yeah, yeah. The, the hardware still is pretty <laughs> With strange. Alana, who's here as well. Um, and so. Um, Daniel used to we'll, we'll always come in. Peter and I would bring him in because, as Na a National Geographic, he would try to stump us with some geography questions. He didn't try. He, he did stump us. Well, I was not going to admit that. <laughs> yeah, you were pretty stumped for a, a while. Yeah. Ouch. Uh, do you not know your uh, no? Okay. Now geography? we have a good team here today. We do. Daniel, Should we do ready? a couple? I don't want to take right, too okay. much time, but no, um, but I did bring I, a couple. I, I count on. Um, we have to confer on what the. Okay, oh, so okay. I just, I just stop teasing until after Here this. We go. <laughs> until after I have my own chance to yeah, answer these questions. These are questions from the National Geographic. We do have mimosas and bagels in studio, so if you wonder if everybody's a little loopy, that's, that's why. Okay. These are questions from the National Geographic Geography Bee, which happens every spring, and kids all over the nation answer these questions in their schools, and then eventually they get to sort of the top levels right. and these genius kids. These right? are for questions for children. These are for children. Okay. Yeah. Just laying that base. Right. And I brought right, some exactly. easier ones because it's, be it's Bill's last day. Okay. But still. Oh, you say that's easy. Um, which, which U.S. state does not experience frequent tornadoes, Texas, Nevada, or Florida? Oh. Um, that's what I'd say. We're gonna Survey say, says. We're going to say, we're going to say Florida. Bing. Nevada. Oh, yeah. my God. That's okay. That's okay. I thought Children that was a good one. Too. Yes. All right. Here's a good one. No. But, yeah. They don't have tornadoes in Nevada. See, I would have said, I would have said Florida had something like a tornado, but because it was They're in Florida. I just think of hurricanes. Hurricane. So. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like a tornado. Exactly. Moving on. We're short on time. Uh, Last no. show. Okay. The Lewis and Clark <laughs> Expedition. Explored which region oh. from 1804 to 1806? The Louisiana Purchase, New England, or the Southwest? Wait a minute. Louisiana Purchase. Southwest. This feels like a trick question. Yeah. There's Lewis a, and Clark? The dates. I think of Clark. them as Portland, Oregon. So what are the options again? Right, the Louisiana Purchase, the uh, New England, or the Southwest? Southwest. That's my guess. 
I'm, it's mm. probably New England because we think it's something else, but I'm going to say Louisiana Purchase. Oh, my. Louisiana Purchase. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Which was a lot so of land, not yeah. just Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. That was a <laughs> All right. All right. An American history class did pay off finally in college. Two more. Which state, which oh, U.S. Where? state was oh. created over millions of years as the result of hot spot in the Pacific Ocean? Oh. Hawaii, Oregon, or Washington? Hawaii. Hawaii. Uh, it seems so obvious, but it must be wrong. That's when I usually trick you, but it is Hawaii. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. okay. And I'll give you one more. Uh, which of these islands is not divided between two or more countries? Madagascar, Borneo, or New Guinea? Boy, I couldn't find any of them on the map. I'm going to say Madagascar. So, my so would I. Madagascar. Madagascar. Oh, yes. all right. Hey, team. Yes. Yeah. You all are promoted to the next level. Hooray where, for cartoons. Where you would get <laughs> your butt's I just want to point out We have an eighth-grade geography level. <laughs> I just want to point out, Bill, your wife and Dan's wife are both for here. Sure. They got every question right. Is that right? Yeah, they got every question right. Carol and Alana right. got them all right? They got them all there you right. Go. All right well, you Alana guys... might be a ringer, but Carol, I'm going to give her. <laughs> I'm going to give Carol that credit for sure. <laughs> So, Jen, Jen, what's happening? What's the latest? Bring us up to date. We haven't been talking any news all day. Anything happening? No. No. <laughs> Congress is out for the week. Oh, the, the, oh, the one thing. Nothing, the one thing that they are doing is every few days there's a Republican congressman in the House who just goes up and refuses to let a $19 billion disaster aid bill go through. Yeah, what's up with that? And then a couple more days goes by, and then another Republican shows up when they're, there's nobody in there, but they have these like periodic windows where they can vote to like just clear this bill and as of yesterday three separate republican congressmen have said no and that one it only takes one to prevent the whole thing from going because of the unanimous the procedure that it was set up on so yeah speaking of that's not uh, a good look no uh, but speaking of republican congressmen who have kind of stood up uh by themselves and made a mark how about Justin Amash from Michigan? I wrote him I wrote a I didn't write him I wrote a column I titled it the last republican patriot um, because I think the things that are on, at stake with Donald Trump are things really fundamentally about democracy and patriotism is love of country and love is about giving of yourself and sacrificing and putting someone else's interest first. And he is the only Republican in Congress right now, it seems, who is willing to put his own career on the line to stand up for his beliefs and what he thinks ought to happen. Because he's definitely going to have a primary challenge. Right? Oh, yeah. He's having one. And let me say, Grand Rapids is not, this is not the Detroit suburbs. This is not like a moderate, you know, oh, northern no. Virginia kind of area. This is the heart of Michigan conservatism. It's where the DeVos family is from, Amway, that sells you all those products every month. Um, Amway is based there. Betsy DeVos obviously is from there. This is the heart of John Engler, Michigan conservatism. Right. Uh, and somebody asked me yesterday, what's it all about? And I said, I would just like to believe that he is a real patriot, right? Or a real person who does believe in. Or he has some future political aspiration. And I think if you take a look at, um, if you take a look at impeachments, impeachments over time, actually really brand the impeached person in a very bad way. <laughs> I mean, Bill Clinton's poll numbers shot up. But remember, Al Gore didn't win re-election afterwards, or didn't win election. Gerald Ford didn't win election after the Nixon impeachment. And Hillary Clinton couldn't win twice. Something about, I think Bill Clinton's impeachment, for all the greatness of Bill Clinton, is a shadow that lingers over him throughout uh, time politically. Right. Uh, and Daniel, you're about to go off and leave all of this behind you. You're the smart one of the group. Here. I'm I'm leaving DC today, uh, moving today. But wow. thrilled I could be here for your last show. Um, 
what Bill did not mention is, well, we met at the White House while we used to wait for all these briefings to start. And whenever we got there on time is when they're an hour late, right? So we would right. sit there for days and weeks and eventually years. And by the way, it was a gang, I have to mention, all friends were out but in that, at that time in the group, this is the Obama years, it was Daniel Stone and David Korn from The Nation. Sure. Uh, Sam Stein, then with HuffPost. HuffPost. Yeah. Now, no, then HuffPost, right? Yeah. Then yeah. HuffPost. Right. And um, Sam Youngman from The Hill. The Hill. The Hill. Yeah, and me, and the five of us. And we, Real conservative we, bunch. Exactly. <laughs> we raised hell in that little <laughs> But I do want to say, you've taught me a ton. I've loved coming in for the show. I've loved just seeing you. And you are responsible for most of my political and intellectual oh. education here in D.C. Don't. And I'm an, I'm gonna miss, me. I know. You <laughs> taught me all the good and bad. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss the show, but I'm really going to miss uh, seeing you as often. Well, thank you, friend. And thanks so much thank for you. coming in and being a, a big part of my life for a long time here, too. Uh, and uh, we have um, um, more guests coming in all the time. You never know who's going to uh, pop in. Uh, and with all due respect to... Um, um, to Jamal and uh, Jen Bendry, we may have uh, the most important guest of all. She's <laughs> <laughs> closing out the show. Coming in at this time. Uh, if you go to my website, BillPressShow.com, and it's still up and will be for the weekend. If you go to BillPressShow.com, then you go to the top of the website and you click on Carol Press Scarves. Then you get the real talent in the in the family. Hi, Carol. Good morning. I should have worn a scarf. <laughs> you should have. We could have all done uh, selfies for Instagram with your scarves. Yeah. You have to get a little closer to the microphone there. That's right. Because so, you're not usually on the microphone. That's right. All right. Did you go for your run this morning? I went out at 6 o'clock this morning. There it is. What do you think? Six days a week still running. How long do you run? Not very long. <laughs> 20 minutes. That's good. So. Yeah. It's yeah. like two miles. Maybe. So you get him out of the I'm house. Sl- I'm slow, so I think it's less than that. Yeah. You get him out of the house, and then you go ahead and take care of the real business that has that's, to get done right. around there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Around Lincoln Park. You know where Lincoln Park is. That's where right. I yes. go run, too. You do? For 20 minutes. What time do you go? Oh, like after work. I'm not oh, up at okay. 6. Jen's a morning seven. person. Okay. <laughs> no. Yeah. If Jen, I don't do it right away, it's not going to happen. So. Yeah. Jen is not necessarily a morning person, as we have been told, Peter. <laughs> uh, how many times? <laughs> Jen has the, the official 830 slot. Because it's the latest one we have. Yeah. <laughs> Look, right. I make it work. I make it work. Um, we were, um, Peter, talking about earlier, guys, uh, and Peter and I were talking about some of the favorite moments of the uh, of the Bill Press show. Uh, oh, by the way, I know we had a couple of phone calls here. We have one more phone call. We have here, one right? more phone call. Oh, yeah, this yeah. one is a little bit dated, but we we love it, and we we, Hi, Bill. we have saved it. Hello, hello. Who is this? Hi, Bill. It's Bill Clinton. I was just in town, and I called to say hello and to. Oh. Say thanks for all the great work you did on Crossfire. I don't know what we'd have done without you, and I just wanted you to know I was thinking about you. Thanks. Um, <laughs> hey, it's Bill Clinton. I'm sorry. You guys don't have your IFPs. It's Bill Clinton calling after Crossfire, just saying. <laughs> he was in town, wanted to say hello, and how much he appreciated the work we did on on, uh, on Crossfire. They well, speaking were the of days. Crossfire, uh, yeah. a guy named Chris Garino told me to tell you congratulations and bon voyage. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Thank yeah, you. Yes, we worked together. Chris, Chris yes. was our, our producer of Crossfire. He's now producer of The Hill TV. Yep. Uh, and Jamal, he let me off this morning. We got a show running this morning. He let me off to come over here and see, see you. Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I hope your fans will forgive you. So, <laughs> yeah. so do you do a show at least once on the polling show, right? We do the polling the show the every day. Show. And then po- I guess Polling show every day. Every day. It's a 20-minute show. comes on midday every day. We post, we post it up. And then uh, it's called What America's Thinking. The Hill 
Hill.com? Hill.tv. Hill.tv. Go to Hill.tv, or if you go to the Hill.com, you find it on the front, okay. front page there. Uh, and yeah, we do the polling show every day, uh, and then uh, once or twice a week, I put something in on the morning show. Do you have a... Um do you have a, a button, like in case people swear on the show? <laughs> we don't because we're online, so swear all you want. Who do we oh, care? <laughs> I, I see. Because I've interviewed like rappers and you know entertainers, and they swear all the time. It's awesome. Right. Do you we, have a button? We do. We do. So uh, if I say a bad word right now, well, if you it's your last show. If you say a bad <laughs> word right now, uh, Peter would not catch it because Peter is not at his desk. But we're talking about. <laughs> sorry, sorry, I'm here. We're talking about the button, the famous button. Oh, the dump button. The dump button. Yeah, right. the dump button. Jen, have... Jen is tempted to use it. For... Don't. I mean, it's your last it. show. I mean, right? look. Should we? Well, in concert, we should all just <laughs> pick our favorite Here, swear word and say it at the same exact same moment. moment. <laughs> to pull back the curtain just a little bit, we have an eight-second delay. And it's in case a guest ever says something that they shouldn't say on air, we can dump it, and then it doesn't go on air. And in the history of the show, we've probably had to use it, I'd say, maybe like 20 times in mm -hmm. 14 years. 18 of those times have been for Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so what if I said, like, why the fuck is this show ending? <laughs> what would you do? I'm going to have to dump that. <laughs> right. Well, so. <laughs> and the button is pushed. <laughs> 41 times. Push, yes. <laughs> well, so Peter said 18 out of 20. I think he's exaggerating. But, um. I do, will say two of those times was the word BS that we had to dump the word BS uh -huh. given by a guest. The president. Both, <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> both times were members of Congress. I'm not surprised. Both times were female members of Congress. I'm not surprised. Uh, and one of those was... Was one, was one Maisie Hirono? No. Okay. No. This, but years ago, the late, great Stephanie Tubbs Jones mm. on the phone. You know, and she says, I don't know. I ask her, what was I? I don't know. She said, Can I say ES on the radio? Right? <laughs> said, uh, no, but you just did. <laughs> Boom. And I forget who the other member of Congress was, Peter. But, uh, well, when you have the president throwing those words around, uh, it, it, then it becomes fair game to cover it because you're just repeating what the president of the United States said. We had so to tell the on, FCC to find him. We had to use it on then Tim Ryan a couple of times. What's the dictionary? I'm sorry? The dictionary. You remind me. Bunk and Wagnall's dictionary. Yes. Somebody misunderstood the name of the dictionary oh, and no. thought it was something uh -huh. else. Not oh. Bunk and Wagnall's, but. Oh. <laughs> 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 no, you can say that word now because he's in there with the button. <laughs> Just saying. Right. I don't think Carol wants to be known for ending the show by dropping the by dropping the F bomb, huh? Right, exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are people thinking with this new poem? What do you what do you find I mean there's some surprising at? stuff out there like uh some of these abortion laws are are not as unpopular as one might think. Um, that are happening in some of the states. Uh, also depends on how you ask the questions. Um, Joe Biden is obviously very popular, um, but we've been seeing a lot of Elizabeth Warren moving up the ranks in, in, um, in most of the polls. She's kind of gone into third place pretty solidly, uh, or I should say repeatedly, not solidly. She's battling it out with Kamala Harris, but um, she's been there for a while. Um, I think there's, uh, and people are not necessarily in favor of impeaching the president. I mean, nothing, that's, nothing that you haven't heard other places. Uh, we did, we had a great conversation 
with Muhammad Yunus from Gallup about socialism. Um, that'll Whoa. be up today. Uh, and then that, that will be, I think that's something people will find interesting. Right. Jen, these, this wave of states, Louisiana being the latest, passing these uh, very extreme measures, um, what do we think, is there any doubt what this Roberts Court will do if there's, once they get there? I mean, you can like you read, read the it? tea leaves and say like, well, there's five conservatives now and, you know, four less conservatives. So everything is going out the window. But it depends on which cases get there. And um, you know, this will be a test of Brett Kavanaugh and Susan Collins, you know, because remember, she agreed to confirm oh. him because she was sure he wasn't going to overturn precedent. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the job of the Supreme Court <laughs> to right. set precedent. So uh I don't know. I don't. I mean, there's clearly like people with a vision here on where this is all going and pushing to make Roe v. Wade as weak as possible, if not gone. I don't know which cases will get up there, but it's not a great time. I mean, we just saw what happened in uh, is it Alabama where they all but oh yeah yeah all Alabama. but banned abortion, and that one's not going to stick. I don't think so. And you even had some Republicans saying that that one went too far, which is. <laughs> I don't even know what that means like for them, but okay. So uh, I don't know what you're just going to keep seeing more states passing like six week bans and slowly they're going to get appealed. And, and eventually when there's a split between a circuit court and a district court, then it lands on the Supreme Court. Yeah, right. But it's not a good time for reproductive rights, clearly. And where it's headed is not um, it's not a very positive moment for women who care about those issues. Right. And yesterday, people who care about yesterday morning, we had on the show a woman from the March for Life organization, and um, we had a pretty testy conversation between the two of us. But one of the things that um, that she could not answer with any conviction at all is, what would you do for a kid after they come out of the womb? And her answer was like, well, that's not really our missions organization. We don't really focus on that. Like, but So they're not actually pro-life. They're just pro-fetus. They don't care about lives at all. No, and that's been true for for a, a long time. Um, in terms of looking at the uh, at the twenty twenty race, um, uh, we know who some of the front runners are. Uh, Carol has had her candidate for a long time. Who do you like, that's Carol? Right. Jay Inslee. Uh-huh. Are you a uh, global warming, climate change voter? Absolutely. Yeah, that's the issue. I think. And we've met him when he was in Congress a couple of times, mm-hmm. but. Uh, you know, I mean, that's the, the particular reason you support him, right? Well, or, global or climate change, yes. Yeah. And he's got the executive experience and the congressional and experience. He, he knows Congress, and he, you know, he really is an attractive, strong candidate. Maybe any other time would be a front runner. And right? he's not too old. <laughs> <laughs> who do you yeah. think? Who else is really good on climate, in your opinion? Any of them? I think. Well, most of them. I think are I mean they all support doing something, but yeah. do any of them stand out to you about, you know, who's really leading the charge besides Inslee? I, I don't know enough about all the others. You got all your eyes and actions. All eyes are on Jay Inslee. <laughs> yeah. uh, that handsome no. creature. Well, you know, Joe Biden really takes strong policy stances, and I think he's... I think most uh, of them do. <laughs> I'm teasing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they, they do. No, but Elizabeth Warren's been very outspoken on climate change. So is Bernie. Yeah. yeah. What about Mayor Pete? Uh, I don't Has see that he? as his number one issue, but he certainly... I would trust him on climate change. I think he's said some strong things about it. I, I think... Again, it, think is he Carol's, not the only one who's said that it's it's his generation that's going to 
really feel this the most of anybody in the mix. Uh, he's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do we rate Mayor Pete? Is this just a little moment that he's enjoying? Listen, as long or? as he's at zero percent among black voters in South Carolina, I don't give him a great chance of being a Democratic <laughs> nominee. Uh, if I see that number start start to move in South Carolina, I will be more positive and bullish on Mayor Pete. I like him. I think he's doing a great job. I like what he stands for. I like his values. Um, he's the youngest person running, but I think he's like the most mature <laughs> of the entire bunch. He sounds like the most mature. Uh, I'm just I'm I'm waiting to see how he does in South Carolina. Right. Who does well in South Carolina now? You know who's doing better than uh, people thought uh, is Elizabeth Warren. Is actually um, her name comes up with people in a way that Barack Obama's name used to come up back in 2007. People would say, "Oh, I like Joe Biden," and "Oh, I like this person, that person." They said, "But you know, the person I like, I just don't know if she can win." Is Elizabeth Warren? Like, I hear that several times a week from people, even friends from other parts of the country. Can she win? Um, Obama had to cross that threshold of can he win at some point. Um, I think if she if she continues this path and shows the leadership she's shown, she might be able to break it. Break yeah, through. right. Uh, and she's certainly way out in front in terms of anybody else in introducing um, strong Policy measures, right? I mean, she's, she's got a plan for everything. She does. Yeah. Did you see someone? And she doesn't dither. She's just like, no. what do you think about impeachment? They should yeah. impeach him. Right. What do you think about Fox News? Not doing it. Yeah, <laughs> you she's know? Been, she's had bold statements. Yeah. And did you see somebody on Twitter tweeted at her? They asked her if she had a plan for how she could fix her love life. Oh, and, yeah. And right. Elizabeth she Warren said, responded. Right. And she said, let's talk about that. <laughs> okay. Hey, guys. Me. Thanks for coming in. And let, me, let me just say as we wrap up, it has been a great run for the last 14 golden years. I've enjoyed every minute of it. Thank you for letting us be part of your life. And thanks for being such strong progressives. I know that you'll never stop fighting the good fight, and I won't either. So thanks for being with us. Thanks, Jen, thanks, Jamal. Thank you, Carol, especially. Uh, And thanks to all of you. I'll see you next week on the podcast, The Bill Press Pod. That's it, folks. How about it? Yeah. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Sip. Thank you all. Let's drink. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Motherfuckers.